0: Welcome, everybody. We're here for another episode of What's Your Next? I'm Stacey Riska from Next Level Franchise Group, where we help aspiring business owners find the business of their dreams. Today, I'm joined by Luke Fry. Did I say it right? Fry.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Vista Executive Advisors. It's like a mouthful. So imagine, You're now in the business of your dreams, right? And you're growing and you're bringing in customers, clients, patients. But now you're past the honeymoon phase. You're in year two. And all of a sudden, things start stagnating. And you're wondering, what's happening? Why is my growth hindered? Well, that's why I brought on Luke today, because this is something that he's an expert in and specializes in. Welcome to the show.
1: Welcome to What's Your Next. This is the go-to podcast for aspiring business owners who want to get to the next level, escape the rat race, and give their middle finger to the corporate nine-to-five. If you want financial freedom, work-life balance, and the business of your dreams, you're in the right place. Dave and Stacy Riska, husband-wife franchising duo, openly share their successes, failures, and lessons learned in franchising, business ownership, and working with your spouse. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. I appreciate you having me today.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you're here to give our audience some perspective. Luke reached out to me. We connected on LinkedIn and I realized that, wow, we had a lot in common. We both have had jobs. We both started businesses from scratch. We both have bought and sold businesses. We both have been in franchising. Now, where we're a little bit different is I help people get into franchising he helps people grow, thrive, and scale in franchising. So Luke, what is your story? How did you get to where you are today?
1: Oh, thank you for asking, Stacy. And, and you described that absolutely perfectly. Um, <clears throat> I started as a an industrial engineer with a Fortune 200 company. And I, I was taught systems and engineering and, and all of the uh, detailed stuff on manufacturing, uh, very well, and by the best. Um, after those six years, I thought I knew what I could, what I, what I was doing. So I bought into the first Image First franchise that Jerry and Jeff Burstein uh, were selling at the time. Um, they had just started their expansion of healthcare laundry service. So my main customers were. Uh, surgery centers and uh, those kinds of things now the the thing that was different about me is I was there I was not their unique uh client who they wanted to be as a franchisee I uh they were looking for for um folks that already had some type of capital equipment like a dry cleaner that wanted to expand their business um and get into franchising so I had to partner with um uh, with some laundry some contractors uh, and and we did that and then we also um, grew from absolutely zero sales when I started and 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 I had little to no sales experience other than selling uh, the the Boy Scout wreaths at Christmas time um, so uh, I just learned and grew and and made a lot of trips along the way during the, the 20 years that I owned Image First. Um, and it, we grew from from $0 to, we had over $50,000 contracted in weekly revenue. Um, and of the seven employees I had with me, four of them were with me 15 or more years. So I was very blessed that, that my, my uh, workforce was stable.
0: Congratulations. It's such an interesting story because you are—you followed the path that many of my candidates are growing down. They are maybe like you were years ago, were in a job, had a nice salaried position in a nice company. So, what changed for you? What made you say, "I'm done. I'm ready to be my own boss"? And how did you take that leap of faith?
1: I—that wasn't an easy decision. Thank you for asking. Um, I loved working with the company. Uh, it was the company's name was red cap. Um, I loved everybody that I worked with. Uh, and. As my engineering experience grew, they obviously gave me more responsibility and I ended up being uh, the lead engineer for their first offshore manufacturing facility. And to give you a little bit of perspective in the States, um, their biggest plant was around 200 to 220 people in Honduras within a year and a half, we grew to a thousand. So the scale was quite a bit different. And um, when the expatriates were coming back to the States, I just didn't see eye to eye with how they were bringing me back. So I I reached out to some friends and, and met the Bursteins and the rest is The rest is history.
0: Wow, and so you were the first franchisee in this system, which is remarkable. You know, many of the candidates that I work with, I'm sharing with them emerging brands and emerging brands are sort of meaning up and coming, usually less than 25 units in operation. I haven't come across one where the candidate is like the first franchisee in the system. Tell me what that experience was like.
1: It was fantastic um, for for quite a few reasons. Number one, I was my own boss. And that's what I ultimately wanted to be. Um, At 32, though, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and I still don't, but at least now I look for it. Back then, I thought I knew how to manage a company and and thought it was pretty easy. Um, the Bursteins were great to work with and the whole staff that they had, uh, even though they were new to franchising. To me, it really didn't seem like a franchisee, franchisor. It was more of a partnership because as I succeeded, they succeeded and were able to grow nationally. Um, they ended up, it wasn't, a franchise that had a lot of units all over the place. It had, uh, they had maybe two or three in Los Angeles and say two in Chicago. So there weren't a whole lot of them, but they were in every every major metro area.
0: Wow. And so it must've worked out because you were a franchisee for 20 plus years. And so, what are you doing now? What are you taking from that past experience that's helping you do what you do today?
1: Well, um, and, and to to segue a little bit with the the transition out of it, um, the Burstein sold their franchise the franchisor to oh. a private equity firm after the twenty years, which um, that's a great plan, uh, and the private equity firm purchased all the franchises um, back up. So it was a win-win when you're in franchising, you want to get paid three times. You want to get paid your weekly guaranteed payment. You want to get paid your dividends. So taxes and all that other kind of stuff on your guaranteed draws. And you want to get paid the big check at the end. Mm -hmm. And, And we were successful in all of that. And what I'm doing now though is I'm combining those experiences with the leadership qualities that I learned as a fire chief. Um, And I'm helping the franchisees grow their business and avoid the pitfalls that I ran into. Um, I want to help franchisees be able to grow and scale their businesses and look at it as an asset, not not get deep into the franchise. This is an investment. And in order to grow, that you have to have certain leadership skills. Um, that are difficult to come by.
0: Leadership, I think, is one of those things. It's not that you're born with it. It's not even necessarily something that you learn. We all make mistakes along the way, and. People going into franchising, I think sometimes they have this myth that, oh, it's a proven system. What could go wrong, right? (laughs) And so what happens is, because I own a franchise as well, that first year when you're coming on board, it's like the honeymoon phase, right? You're all excited. Your business is growing. This is something new and exciting. Your franchisor is there to give you the operational support and marketing to ensure that you're successful. And then all of a sudden, year two and beyond, it's kind of more like crickets and you realize you're on your own and your, your leadership is one, right? You. And so where, where's that help in the mentorship? So what are kind of the lessons that you've learned that you are now helping other franchisees, as you said, build those leadership skills and grow and scale uh, something that is a sellable asset at the end of the day?
1: Sure, absolutely, and thank you for asking. Um, The biggest thing I run into is franchisees not perceiving themselves as CEOs. Hmm. They're perceiving themselves as managers that run the playbook that's the operations manual the franchisors provide. But actually growing this asset is, is much more than that. Um, your operations manual helps you with just that operations. It doesn't help you with strategic planning. It doesn't help you, uh, look down the line and know that in 10 years, Hey, I want to sell this business at this kind of profit or have a trigger point. Hey, if my business grows to this, I'm going to sell it. I'm selling high, um, and doing something else. So it's, it's all about the culture of the leader going in, a small business, no matter how small, is going to have a culture. If, a, if, if the franchisee sets that culture with intention, now they've got something going and, and they've got something that they can grow from and rely on. And, and you know, if they want to take a week's vacation, they know that they've got the systems and the culture set up that they can take a week's vacation.
0: Luke, you bring up a really great point because people go into business, at least initially, because they want to be their own boss. Many times I hear, oh, I want flexibility, freedom, work-life balance, right? I want to work on my business, not in my business. And then somehow that doesn't come to fruition. And so you're talking about building a culture and being a leader and being able to work on your business. What are some of those skill sets that people should be thinking about of how to put those processes and systems in place so they do have a business and not a job?
1: Sure. Well, the first step is is to know that you're not alone. Um, a lot of times when you own a small business, franchise or otherwise, uh, you feel like you're making all the decisions by yourself on an island. And the first thing to do is recognize. You don't have to do that. Um, The second part for me is really getting involved with the systems and setting systems up early in your franchise in order for it to be able to grow. Um, A business runs on systems, whether they're in your head or on paper. And in order for it to be effective and to be able to grow, it, it, you've got to have those in place. And those are, those are the biggest things I work on.
0: I can see the value that you're providing to your clients. So, you, you know, you've worked with franchisees probably in all phases of their lifestyle, you know, their life cycle, the business cycle, so to speak. What, from your experience, do you find are the biggest mistakes that they make when they are trying to grow and scale their business?
1: The hardest part is, like you said, um, it, it's not necessarily second year. It's like getting into year eight, nine and ten. Mm. Um, it, it, what I see is a type of complacency that that says, hey, we're doing great. We're meeting all our numbers. We're 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 you know, we're heading shoulders where I thought we'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more. and And if you look for the more and you look for the why there's more, you'll find it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because a lot of times people coming into franchising, they may start with one unit and, you know, they'll grow and they'll scale on, they'll get it to a point and and then they may plateau and then they'll think, well, the best way to continue growing is to bring on additional units or expand my territory. What What are your thoughts on that? Is that a good strategy or should they just focus on building what they already have?
1: For me, it depends. It depends on the franchisee. It depends on the franchise system. Um, and And if they're looking at their franchise as an asset for their business, what other assets would complement this one? What other assets uh, would help drive this one? Um, it, it's looking at not just focusing on the franchise, Um, it's looking at the bigger picture of your business overall.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, my passion is marketing. And so this is kind of an area where I see a lot of people struggle. Even those who want to get into franchising, they'll be like, oh, great, you know, the marketing's taken care of for me. So what, you know, let's kind of take this in pieces. Back when you were a franchisee, especially because you were brand new, what kind of marketing support did they get, give you? And how did you then turn that around to obviously grow and scale a successful business that you stayed in for 20 years?
1: Sure. Um, well, I started in 98. So we didn't even have the web back then. And then <laughs> the market, so seriously, the marketing yeah, was yellow pages. Yeah. The marketing was uh, uh, a couple of ads in local local uh, medical magazines and publications once we grew after say five years and there were maybe four or five units um, then we started contributing to a national marketing fund and they went to national shows and they did the national marketing and that kind of thing Um, what I see now is there is a huge need for folks like you to help people on the on the local level franchisees for the most part a good percentage of them are local business owners and they need to leverage that fact and to help grow their business in the communities they're in so you're you're beautiful you're a wonderful compliment for for franchisees getting started that's what thank you
0: yeah absolutely because The franchisor, they do marketing, right? But they're doing it on big brand. I want people to see our name and our logo and have that awareness of it. But they're not necessarily doing that local store marketing to drive the customers, clients, and patients to your doorstep. That's what you have to do. It's kind of Mm guerrilla marketing, boots on the ground. And a lot of times that's where I will see franchisees get stuck. And that just, it's so disappointing to me because really a business revolves around marketing. You always have to be marketing. And I know at the beginning you alluded to culture. That's important too. What are your thoughts then if marketing isn't a skill set Is that something that a franchise owner maybe should consider investing in somebody who can own that part of the job? And then how do they do that if it's not their skill set to train and develop that person?
1: Oh, absolutely. In my experience, the best way for the franchisee to get into the marketing, if they're not skilled in that, and that was definitely my case. Um, I had to learn how to cold call. I had to learn how to and and that's what you talked about boots on the ground for the first year and a half. That's all I was doing until I was able to afford a salesperson. Um, so, <clears throat> repeat your question again. I got no, I'm lost just on my side
0: You talked about culture and leadership and how important it is to get those foundations Mm -hmm. in place. So looping that back to marketing, if it's not your skill set and you want to bring on somebody with that skill set, how do you develop them if it's not your skill set?
1: Sure. One of the best things I like to do is if I'm doing a particular activity during the day, I'll just stop and say, am I adding value to my company? Am I adding or is this something that I that somebody else can do very effectively? They're the expert in it. I don't have to be the expert in it. And, and I, we can work out an agreement where I pay them a, a good sum of money for their value. Um, that's the way I approach uh, things that I'm not skilled at is, is I look to say, who can do that for me? Who can uh-huh. do that with me? Uh-huh. And you're that perfect person.
0: So, Luke, I'm curious. When you work with your clients, we all know as business owners, it's important to have metrics, right? So you know what you're measuring and what you're working towards to achieve your definition of success. Let's talk about metrics for a minute. Is that something that you help your candidates with? And if so, what metrics should a business owner be looking at?
1: Absolutely, um, the metrics are are key. Uh, I prefer. To look at the the leading indicators on metrics, as opposed yeah. to the lagging indicators, which are, you know, you got to look at your profit and loss, you got to look at your cash flow, you got to look at all those numbers. Mm-hmm. But those are lagging indicators, meaning they're done, Good and point. there's yeah. nothing you can do to change them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I'm looking at leading indicators, I'm looking at things like um, how many how many uh, clients did I interact with this week. Um, I'm looking at things like uh, what were our positives for the week? What were the outcomes? Uh, You do have to look at your revenue and all that. Um, But as far as particular KPIs, um, it it all depends. It depends not only on the franchise system, but it depends on, on the methods and the systems of the individual franchisee.
0: Absolutely. I found that it's really important to define those KPIs, those metrics up front and review them regularly, but also share them with your team because it actually it not only holds you accountable, but it gets the team inspired and working towards the same goals of what you want to achieve for your business.
1: Absolutely. And you bring up a great point, um, especially in, in the days we're having now with with employee engagement. Um transparency is is absolutely key with your employees. they They need to know the why in order to give their um, their extra effort, their discretionary effort. Um, and and if you don't share that with them and, and it's just, well, you do this because I say so, or you it doesn't work. you got you gotta let them know what they're working for.
0: Yeah, those goals are important. And that kind of ties into my next question, which is what I call the the roller coaster of business, right? There's ups and downs. And we always talk about the ups because they're so exciting to talk about, but there's (laughs) going to be downs, there's going to be plateaus. And I know that's especially where you're just excellent at helping your candidates, your clients. So if a franchisee is watching or listening to this right now and they're feeling a little bit stuck, what would you say to them?
1: Well, it, what I'd say to them is, is number one, send me an email <laughs> or give me a call, and we can we can talk through it. That's um, right. But I'm putting I'm putting a group together just for that purpose, Stacy. Um, it's a group of, of franchise owners in business two to twelve years. Um, they have over two million in revenue, but the key is they are growth focused. Mm. That way, in my experience, when you have a group of leaders together, there are ideas that come out of there that are nobody would have come up with on their own because each one builds on the other. Um, and and that's why we have this group together is, is to help franchisees get past those plateaus quicker.
0: That's a great concept, Luke. It I, I envision it sort of like a mastermind. Because yeah, you can have your group of fellow franchisees, but if you're all kind of scrubbing the deck in the same direction, what if somebody else is doing it another way and getting some outside perspective and maybe challenging you to think bigger and different? Is that what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. That's the, you know, we had our, 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 our annual franchise meetings where all the owners would get together and share best practices and, hey, we're doing this and this and this and that. And that's great. Um, But this group meets monthly. So it's more of an ongoing basis. Uh, Everybody, um, the big key to me are not only the ideas that come out of it, but the accountability. Um, Mm. When you're a business owner, you know, you're accountable to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, With this, you know, you've got other folks that are there that, that, you know, it, it helps, it keeps the push, it keeps the drive, it helps keep the energy going.
0: Yeah, especially as they're growing and scaling their business, you know, it it can come to a point where you almost feel like you're the lone person up on the mountain. And I always say one is the loneliest number. And so... You know, putting yourself out there, reaching out and getting some outside expertise from someone like Luke and a group of your peers who can help you grow and challenge you and get you to think differently. I know that I personally have been in mastermind groups and they have just really put me on a brand new trajectory. They have helped me think of brand new revenue streams. They have helped me deal with staffing challenges, things that Sometimes you're feeling stuck and can get you down in a rut and can actually hinder your business. So I would highly encourage you to reach out to Luke. He's really brilliant at what he does. His his background and his expertise and this group of incredible franchise owners could be a really great resource for you.
1: So Stacey, has, you are far too kind. Thank ah! you.
0: Well, I just I'm learning myself from you, from you as well, and I just take that expertise and and bring it out to my audience. So in ending today's session for what I'll call hashtag nugget, what is the big nugget that you want our audience to leave with today?
1: My big nugget is focus on intention, mm-hmm. focus on on being in the moment and and being intentional about about all the activities that you're doing during the day for your business and, and yourself personally. Um, and it, it really helps keep, keeps me directed anyway. That's my, that's my trigger.
0: There you go, intention, hashtag nugget. That sounds like a Twitter post to me. Luke, I know my audience is just salivating on how they can reach out to you. What, what's your contact information and how would you like our audience to reach out?
1: Well, my phone number is simple. It's 513-615-6750. That's the easiest and most direct. Um, or you can email me at Luke L-U-K-E. And I wasn't thinking this all the way through when I set up the website to begin with, but it's Luke at Beavisa Executive Advisors.com. And advisors with an O. B-E-L-L-A-V-I-S-T-A, mm-hmm. Executive Advisors with an O.
0: Okay, and we'll put it on the bottom of the screen as well and in the show notes.
1: Thank you, Stacy.
0: Luke, thank you so much for being with us today. Just kind of learning about your journey, where you've been, where you've come to, and now how you're inspiring and helping other franchisees grow. It's really been a joy connecting with you today. So thank you, everybody, for joining us as well. I'm always here to help you get to your next level. We'll see you next time. Make it a great day. Bye-bye. There are 4,000 franchise concepts that could be your dream business. Which one is the perfect one for you? Go to franquiz.nextlevelfranchisegroup.com
1: and find out. Your dream business awaits. Go to FranQuiz.NextLevelFranchiseGroup.com now and find the perfect business that will get you
0: to your next level.